Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hey, everybody. Thank you for listening to Marriage Therapy Radio. I'm Zach Brill. I'm here with Laura Heck. I'm actually here with Laura Heck in Laura's house. Um, we've been working on a project. We're preparing for our workshop, The Art and Science of Love, which is coming up in October. You can check that out at dotman.com slash mtr. Today, we're talking to Danielle Bettman, who is a parenting specialist. It's a pretty fascinating conversation. Um, she and Laura kind of take the reins. Danielle's focuses on kids who are one to seven years old. Mine are 14 and 18, so I'm disqualified, as you'll learn. Also, this is a woman who lives in Omaha, Nebraska, but has never heard the song Omaha by Counting Crows, which blows my mind, along with many other things that she has to offer. That's a very cool conversation. Stick around. So for our listeners, we've already been chit-chatting with Danielle quite a bit. So you said you're in Omaha, Nebraska. Yes, I am. Holy moly. I've never been in Nebraska in my life. You're not really missing out on much. No. Okay. <laughs> <Great>. <laughs> I'm in Oregon. Zach is also in Oregon. Listeners, this is this happened. We were teasing the fact that Zach and I would be in the same place at the same time. And in fact, we are. We are both in my home, but Zach is in my playroom and I'm in my office. Uh, I like your house. It's a nice house. Thank you. Do you have any food in this nice house? I fed you this morning. I made a burrito. That's a joke. It's a VeggieTales joke. Um, Danielle, do you know VeggieTales? I do. Right on. Is VeggieTales just, is it a Christian platform? It's like, yeah, it's kind of Jesus y. I think it changed a lot since uh, it got created, but um, usually the there's like in a the 90s was Bible well, message in there somewhere. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I remember. Um, I went to college. I went to graduate school with uh, the woman who played Laura the Carrot. Oh, that's, no. that's one of the ways. Fame. That's you one know, of the ways I'm famous. I was gonna say, does she have a blue check on Instagram? <laughs> no, no, I'll have to find her. <laughs> oh. By the way, if you're not following us on the Instagram, you should do that. <laughs> Danielle, right do you now. have an Instagram? Yes, I do. Does. I am at parent Instagram. underscore wholeheartedly. Say that again because I cut you off. But yes, you're crushing it on Instagram. I love it. Oh, thank you. I am parent underscore wholeheartedly. But here's the thing I learned about your Instagram, which is it's not for me because my children are 14 and 18. And what's your gig? What's your jam? Because it's not 14 my, and 18. My jam is one to seven year olds. Parents that are parenting one to seven year olds. Okay. But you said it way more clever one time on your video. It's something about tiny well, humans. humans. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Humans. Yeah. Yes. Strong-willed tiny humans. The there ones that do not care about bribes, threats, rewards, punishments, any of the things. Right on. Ooh, we've been bribing. My son is very bribable. So <laughs> you, are, you are not for my demographic because I can control yeah. that brother. I can control him with money. Um. I, um, so I hung out with Holden this morning. He's six. And um, I brought him a bottle of water from the plane. Wasn't a bottle. Wasn't a it was bottle. a box. It's a box of water from the plane last night. Yeah. And I was like, Holden, I bought you this. And he was like, wow. So I was like, you, sh you should only drink this when you're thirsty. And he was like, this is lame. And I was like, this bottle of water cost me over $100. And he went, what? Yeah. And it, all of a sudden it became really precious. Because well, because it also, <laughs> it also came with a plane ticket to it did come with it. Yeah. All right. Well, if you buy this bottle of water, they will let you go to Oregon. 
Uh, enough about us. Enough about us. More about our guest, which we were honored to have Danielle on. And I told Danielle, we get a lot of um, requests. A lot of people email Marriage Therapy Radio and say, I want to be on your podcast. And um, they're not always a great fit, but I was very eager to have you on because there are some things that you were doing with adults who have tiny humans that really piqued my interest and is like a genre or like a topic that we just, we haven't even talked about on the podcast. I mean, a lot around parenting, but also I think, you know, we were kind of talking about how when I was working with families, I found sort of the identified patient, your strong-willed small person as being a place that you start, but you almost always walk it back to the parents and what's going on there. So can you talk a little bit about like, why are you working with parents of strong-willed humans? Yes. That is the question. Who would choose to do that? Right. Yeah, right. I know. <laughs> yeah. What are the, so, yeah. Tell us all about it. I, I started off in classrooms just because I loved working with tiny humans and didn't really know what I wanted to be when I grew up. Right. So I got a teaching certification and I was working at a great school called Educare. I started off with the three-year-olds and realized, oh boy, these three-year-olds missed out on a lot. I'm going to dial it back and start with them as infants and stay with them until they graduate to preschool. So I did that with a cohort of kids and it, I loved it. But what I realized was that what happens at home is what really is wiring these kids. And mm-hmm. uh, they're the parents are doing the hardest job in the world with very little training, support system, orientation period to speak of. And they, of course, want what's best for their kids. And they just need more perspective and more tools to be able to do that well. Mm-hmm. And so I got the opportunity to start home visiting through Save the Children And I did that for about four years with a program called Early Steps to School Success. Mm -hmm. And that's where I realized I could impact a whole family, all the kids in the family for essentially the trajectory of their whole childhood by equipping their parents with more resources and uh, tools and books and, you know, screenings and all the things. And so most of my time was spent with the parent being able to help them better understand what's developmentally going on with their child and how they can problem solve this behavior. And that became incredibly rewarding because I realized that they're, they're the main influential factor. Mm-hmm. So if I kept dialing it back, I found, okay, it's the parents. And then I became a parent myself. And I was like, how did they ever listen to me before? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because like the relationship you have with someone else's kids is totally different than the parent-child relationship and, you know, figuring this all out for yourself for the first time. And those strong-willed kids, that was my second. She's taught me everything I know because my first, she's, you know, textbook by the book will listen, you know, mm-hmm. wants to do well. It doesn't have a whole lot of big emotions. And my second is just absolutely in her own element, <laughs> completely driven by her internal compass. And there is nothing you can do externally to fault her one way or the other. Mm -hmm. And so I just realized that almost every family has one of these kiddos that has this personality. And ultimately, Mm -hmm. they are kind of the the canary in the cave mine saying like, all of this is not okay. Like I need to live life on my terms Mm -hmm. and you're the ones that need change. And Mm -hmm. so that's really what you have to understand when you're parenting kiddos that really aren't moldable by all of these external tools of trying to get them to you know, control their behavior. Um, really, you need to really focus on why you're not able to control your behavior and your composure and figure out what you're doing over here to really lead by example. And it's convicting and hard and not not everybody wants to sign up for it. But the ones yeah. that do, um, those are the clients that I have and they are my people. Wow. 
Okay. So you said something that's interesting. And the first thing that popped into my head is when you have two parents. So it's like, you know, you have your strong-willed child and then you have two parents. And because we're marriage therapy radio, I'm always thinking about that relational dynamic. How the heck do you get two parents on the same page about parenting? Because I kind of feel like, um, like when you said the canary, I was thinking, okay, I get it. Like you're both being tested. And when you're being tested by a strong-willed child, that's when you kind of fall into default and your default might be what you learned growing up or how your parents parented you. And what if your defaults are so polarized? They're just complete opposites. One of you is like super lenient. The other person is like buckling down on the boundaries. How do you work with couples that are very different? That's usually how they are. Yeah. hundred (laughs) percent. Like the whole opposites attract is what those parenting dynamics end up with because they didn't grow up together, right? They were parented completely differently. Mm-hmm. And so there's usually the mom figure that is too permissive, really kind of emotionally responsive, um, maybe more on the attachment parenting side and just has a really hard time saying no or really knowing what to expect. And then there's the father figure who is much more worried about respect and listening mm-hmm. the first time. And they just butt heads when put to the test with this child's behavior. And usually it creates a divide between them because yeah. it's just that wedge that gets deeper and deeper from that disconnect of like, I don't, I'm, I don't know what I'm doing. And at the same time, I don't like the way that you're doing it. Yes. So nothing is working. <laughs> yeah. So, so um, what do you do with that when you find that two people are really struggling? The first step that I do is my initial consultation where I just try to get everything that's going on on paper because parenting is not compartmentalized. Everything that's affecting you is affecting your parenting and vice versa. So I try to get up to speed and really kind of take stress level indicators on all areas of life and and figure out how they were parented and how that's maybe impacting their parenting now. And then the first kind of conversational exercise we go through is hashing out their end goals. What is going to have mattered, you know, 20 years into the future? Who do you want your kids to be? What do you want to be true of their life? What skills do you want them to have? And what is going to be like the biggest things that will matter? And then we'll dial back the trajectory to get there. And usually they're not too far off from the same page on those end goals. So once we get that actually on paper, and so you're no longer feeling like you're throwing spaghetti at a wall, it's like, okay, this is where we're trying to go here. Then I can help kind of piece together some perspective and dial back what that looks like at this child's age or with this certain behavior Mm -hmm. and in the lens of what's going to have mattered because the biggest thing is that a well, super, super well-behaved child is not always the road towards the end goal you're looking for. Mm, Interesting. I'll do that with clients all the time when I'll say uh, this idea of perspective is really, I think, important. I say, I'll say, um, in about 15 years or 20 years, your kid's going to be in a therapist's office and the therapist is going to say, tell me about your parents. And then they're going to, they're going to describe you and they're going to talk about you. And they're probably not going to say, well, you know, uh, I got to watch 30 minutes of TV a weekend versus 45 minutes, or, you know, I got to do, I got to play two sports instead of three sports or, you know, bedtime was at seven 30 every night, you know, they're going to talk about how you treated them and how they felt and how they created connection. And people, you know, I do have couples to say, Oh, it's really important to me that we have dinner at the table. And I'm like, I don't actually think that's the thing that's important to you. 
I think the thing that's important to you is that you feel connected, that you make eye contact, that you have a sense of family culture, that you have a sense of togetherness that doesn't include the television, but it's not, you know, so I like this idea of kind of just saying, Hey, what's all the stuff and how do we make sense of all the stuff in a way that works for the, 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 the long-term system, I guess, is what you're describing. I had a question about, um, again, I'm, I've sort of been stalking you on Instagram, but um, I didn't pay super close attention to this video, but it did pique me and I want to know what was behind it, which is the one around you flipping through pages where it's like, oh, parenting with love and logic didn't work. This didn't work. That didn't work. And then you kind of go, this works. What's the heart of that? Like, what is your, because I do think that philosophies help, mm-hmm. but what's like, what, what's your philosophy of philosophies, I guess? <laughs> yeah, that's a deep question. Right. Uh, I didn't know anything about parenting philosophies coming into my own parenting. Like I never I read no parenting books. I read I just mm. knew what I knew about what worked with kids and what I knew about the developing brain and you know, really kind of like understanding what kids need on a basic level and then understanding that it was a relationship and then just trying to take kind of some best pieces of what leadership looks like, what a healthy boundaries looks like and put some of those things to parenting. So I didn't have a lot of words to be able to describe the philosophy that we had for parenting for the first few years. And as I began to, you know, give a lot of advice to other families and kind of put more words to what we were doing and what was working, I looked into then, okay, well, what is this idea of positive parenting? What's this idea of gentle parenting? What is attachment parenting? What is conscious parenting? What are all these worlds? And, you know, diving into them, based on, okay, well, does that make sense in my brain based on what I know? And as I dove in, there are a lot of great elements to every parenting philosophy. But I think what really matters most is that you're individualizing it to your child that's in front of you and that you're taking just a very conscious, intentional approach to not just swing the pendulum from, oh, well, my parents didn't do this for me. So therefore I'm going to you know, swing 180 and do it this way, you know, to basically stick it to them. That's not what's going to be the best approach for your kids. So eventually I've gotten certified in positive discipline, which I found to be really a healthy look at what the deep needs are of belonging and belonging and significance and really focusing on um, a child being discouraged. A, A misbehavior is usually linked to discouragement and being able to really empower a child with so much more capability and so much more control over their own life. And that's what I focus on. The most impact that you can have as a parent is the things that are proactive, preventative, um, you know, the structure you're putting in place, the routines that you have, and essentially creating that healthy sense of self for the child. That's what's going to make them cooperate. It's not tactics, you know, or tips and tricks. Sounds like you believe in the carrot more than the stick. Exactly. Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right nuts well that's all right your parenting's behind you zach you got one out of the i know i'm done i'm all done with yeah. parenting yeah all done <laughs> um i as you're just talking i'm my heart is glowing and um it's interesting i only have one kiddo but when i was listening to you i was thinking wait daniel does that mean that i need to parent each of my children differently if they're different human beings Oh, she's yeah. nodding her head. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I, even, even <laughs> I know that. I don't mean That's to diminish gonna your... That's going to take a lot of work. Um, yeah. That's why I only yes. have one. That's Everything that you one. figure out works for the first kid, you basically have to scrap. 
for yeah, the second. You're just you're yeah. like, I just have to get to know you. Zach, you know you're you're aware of this already. You're like, duh, Lord. Well, I was gonna say, I was like, yeah, even I know that. I don't mean to diminish your expertise, but like, yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. And that's why I think philosophies sometimes are problematic, mm-hmm. you know, because you go, Oh, this is the way to do it. Well, no, that doesn't actually work for my kid. But I wonder if there's something about like positive works. I guess that is true. I mean, that's kind of what we think in the in the relationship space too. I mean, I, I, I say to clients all the time, like we happen to be expertise. We happen to have expertise in the Gottman method, which is different than, you know, Sue Johnson's method or Terry Reels method or Stan Tatkin's method or whatever. I mean, you line them up. The method isn't the thing. It's the, it's the, it's the way that you come to it. And do you come to it with this sort of carrot mentality or, you know, ideally that is the way to go. Right. Sticks. When I say carrot versus stick, I mean, you know, we're, we're trying to generate a positive connection versus some kind of consequential connection, I suppose. Mm-hmm. I was, I was thinking as you were talking about, um, positivity, um, encouragement, all of this, I just keep thinking about this, this like management technique or tactic that I read about a long time ago, which is, if you want to encourage your employee or you want to motivate them, the way to do it is not through a raise, um, but by sending a card home to their home that says, I just really wanted to acknowledge all the work and effort and everything you've been putting in. And it's like that positive reinforcement of saying, I, I see you, I recognize what you're doing. I'm like scanning for the things that you're doing right. And I wanted to take the time out to actually like just send you a handwritten card different from handing you a catalog and saying you have 55 points to pick out whatever you want Mm -hmm. from this catalog for 55 points or giving you a bonus to like the, the, the carrot. Um, but I mean, that's kind of made me think about like management tactic works on your toddler too, huh? Yes. And that's enough, right? Like Uh they're, they're humans and like, they want to be treated like humans. Like it's genuinely a revolutionary thought for Mm -hmm. two year olds to not feel like they just, you just have to like get this black and white formula, right. Of if you just play the right card, you know, right after their behavior, positive or negative, then you'll get the outcome that you're looking for. Mm -hmm. And the traditional discipline really has hardwired us to think that the most influential moment is right after the behavior occurs. And you just have to play your cards right and then you'll control the outcome. And mm-hmm. really positive discipline just says like the most influential factor on a human is the context of the relationship and the strength of that, that connection. And if you have a really healthy connection, then they're going to want to do well. They care what you think. They want to you know take that extra step for you mm-hmm. because you know that they see you. Um, you know, you feel equipped, you feel like you are doing things that matter and you're fulfilled in that relationship. And so if it works in marriage, if it works with a boss and an employee, Mm -hmm. it works for a parent and a child. Wow. Yeah. I think I had asked you a while ago, Zach, about like, um, what's the best, well, I'll ask you this, like, what's the best compliment you've ever received, Danielle? Like, just if I was to ask you that, I gave you some time to really think about like, what is the best compliment I've ever received? I'm willing to put money on it being a pretty generic compliment, but the person that it came from is what matters the most, which is what I think you're saying is the context Mm -hmm. of the relationship. The strength of the relationship is what matters the most. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can get a gold star from anybody, but If but it's it, from your dad who will, you know, barely it gives out three his whole life, then mm-hmm. yeah, like it's it's the context of that relationship for sure. 
You know that Zach and I are huge fans of getting support, and that is why we have partnered with BetterHelp to put you in contact with licensed professional counselors in your area. Tap into the world's largest network of licensed, accredited, and experienced counselors who can help you with a range of issues, including depression, anxiety, trauma, grief, relationships, and more. With BetterHelp's counselors, you get the same professionalism and quality that you would expect from an in-office counselor. With the ability to communicate when and how you want, whether it be messaging, through the phone, or video conferencing. The matching process is quick but thorough. Look, I know that a lot of therapists are booked out and difficult to get into, but don't let that stop you from getting the support that you need. The cost is less than half of what Zach and I charge, which is kind of unheard of. And when you register with BetterHelp, you are supporting Marriage Therapy Radio. Go to trybetterhelp.com MTR. So it's trybetterhelp.com forward slash MTR to register with BetterHelp. T-R-Y-B-E-T-T-E-R, help, H-E-L-P.com forward slash MTR. And you receive a special discount as a Marriage Therapy Radio listener. I do have a question, Zach. I'm going to talk over you in case you had some questions, but I'm thinking about... Well, I have a question that I've been... Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. I really, oh, I just really wanted to. Oh, no, go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. it's fine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I wanted to know about kind of like these barriers where maybe you're helping to reframe parents in their thinking when it comes to parenting or changing the messages or changing something about their internal thought structure or maybe even socialization that they received. But I'm kind of wondering, like, are there some patterns that you see parents coming to you with um, maybe like unhealthy thought processes, unhealthy parenting tactics where you're kind of like, I just need you to know that this is something that might need to change or this is like patterns you're seeing show up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When I do that initial consultation, I'll ask them either like what things they're saying on repeat so that I can kind of like see what situations Ah, they're getting into all the time. Like when are you a broken record? We don't, you know, what do you find yourself saying all the time? Or I ask them about the, their childhood growing up, what things of, you know, discipline or the culture of your home were kind of the takeaways for you that you wanted to repeat or you wanted to do differently. Mm -hmm. And then a lot of times there's some sort of correlation between like, um, well, I never felt heard from my parents. You know, I always had, you know, something to say, but she never had time for me or she was in her own world. And then we'll turn around and then later on, like 20 minutes later, we'll be talking about the problems that they're having with their child. And then that same mom will say, she never listens to me. And, you know, (laughs) then I basically have a red flag go off in my head where I'm like, well, either you're repeating the cycle that your mom did for you unconsciously, or you're still not feeling like that need is met for you. And you're Mm -hmm. feeling unheard in all your relationships. And you're just translating that to your child as well. Either way, it's a you thing. Yeah. Like, it's not the child not listening. We can find some more ways to say something better, to gain more cooperation. We'll work on that. Mm-hmm. But that strategy alone is not going to solve this disconnect because it's a bigger, deeper issue. And that's right. where I really feel like it's necessary if you're going to work on your parenting to not only work on strategies, but work on the mindset work behind it mm-hmm. and work on your well-being and your sanity piece of why you can't get patient in the first place. And all of those things play into mm-hmm. a effect. And getting on the same page. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Can I, I'm going to ask a, like a, like a question that just really comes out of a, a totally different space in my brain, but we deal with couples in distress quite a bit and couples in distress will sometimes say, well, I don't want to get a divorce because of my kids. What I will say is a lot of times when I ask people to tell me about their parents, they will tell me, Oh, my parents are married or my parents are divorced, but that's not, that's only a detail. It's not mm-hmm. the story. Um, they're still talking about, Oh, my parents are divorced, but they still get along or they're married, but they hate each other. Those are, that's more of the story. But when it comes to say kids developmentally and this area of like, kind of growth. What do you know about that part of the marital relationship and, and whether or not divorce really is, uh, of a, a like a concern. I, I don't know if I'm asking that question exactly the way I want to, but no, you know, I feel like I hear that a lot and I, and I'd love an expert to talk to me about it a little bit more. Yeah. I, that comes up all the time. I, just, I was just talking to a friend about it the other day that, you know, her, her husband's having a really hard time parenting and she's questioning everything. And, you know, mm-hmm. Pat, Pat said that same exact thing to me. If I don't want to divorce, I will stay in this marriage until they're 18. So that, you know, that never happens. And I just challenged her or will continue to challenge her to think about what it really is healthiest mm-hmm. for that child to experience, because it's not the single effect of the quote unquote trauma of that divorce. It's what that divorce, what the ripple effects are of either how that child is handled and helped to cope. And if they still have a very responsive caregiver that they're able to go to and be able to process things with and or the ripple effects of what that relationship then like what that divide creates within the whole family dynamic or what, you know, if there's a lot less fighting, you know, as a result of that Mm -hmm. divorce and the child feels so much safer in their home and that they're able to be more of their self. Mm. Like, you know, you really have to look at it from all angles to decide what is best. And it's of course very individualized to every single family and relationship, but it's not just a single factor, you know, that, that divorce is bad for kids and that's final. I think it really is what, what situation can the child feel the safest, Mm. feel like they belong, feel like they are loved, feel like they're not at fault for the tension in the home because, you know, kids ultimately will start to tell themselves the narrative as a safety mechanism in their brain to fill in the gaps. And if they feel like, you know, everybody is always unhappy, they're so egocentric. And those first seven years, they begin to think, well, this is my fault, or this is, you know, I'm causing this, or I'm making dad mad or mom mad. And so being able to address what's really going on and be more honest about, that this is something that we're dealing with over here. It doesn't have anything to do with you. And we still both love you and reassuring a lot of those messages, regardless of the logistics of how that relationship goes down. It's really just helping the child be able to reconcile what's actually happening so that their perception of it um, doesn't create things to unpack down the road. Wow. Um, You used a word that just like blew my mind because I haven't heard it since I would say some course I took in psychology 15 Uh years ago, but you said egocentric. And I was never one to read parenting books. I just didn't. I read a book that explained what labor was going to look like. And that was it. (laughs) And I was like, it's on the job training. Um, But just, just having you say, I mean, the experience of psychoeducation of you just saying, Hey, at this age, it's very normal and natural for kids to be egocentric. 
I had light bulb moments where I'm like, oh my gosh, you're so right. It's all about Mm -hmm. them. And look at how something in my life may impact my child. If my child is saying this is because of me or whatever, you know, wherever their mindset goes, but I'm just thinking about how much education is out there that you can give parents that is just going to be helpful information, just straight up developmental. This is what's going on for your kid right now. Love it. Yes. I just put something on on Instagram today where I just said, Oh, it happened again. Mm -hmm. At the end of the conversation, they they said, I feel better. And that's, that's genuinely what I do is I just help people feel better about whether the things that, cause they're always worried about things that are valid and that matter. And I say that that's the mark of a good parent is that you are questioning and second guessing and worrying, but there's so many things that you can kind of put into a realm of normal or definitely know that you're at least not alone with or mm-hmm. be able to know that there's hope and just being able to have a plan or someone that is hearing you vent about and saying, yes, it's really, really hard. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, uh, it just you, makes you feel better. Can Okay, so for our listeners who are kind of having these aha moments or like getting excited and pumped on what you have to say, um, because I love the way you say it. It just connects. I don't know if you've ever (laughs) um, heard that, but just sort of I'm feeling that vibe from you. But Mm. how... What does it look like to work with you? You guys, How, do you guys need a room? I can leave. I can no, just no, like. No, it's really funny. It's really funny. <laughs> like you can watch, but you can't touch. Um, so how do people. So gross. I know, right? Um, how do they work with you? What does it look like? Because you are a coach, which means that you can work with anybody anywhere in the world, right? Right. Yep. Anybody that has Zoom. Okay. Yep, we can find a time that our time zones match up. <laughs> and, and it's basically like you just have to be a parent of a small human. Yep. That's, that's the it. only qualifying factor. That's the yeah. qualifying factor. <laughs> you don't have to be married. You don't have to be in a relationship. You just have to be a parent of a human developmentally to the age of what? Seven, you said? Seven-ish. But if you have older siblings and still have you know kids within that spectrum, we'll talk about all. all okay. But not me. I, I'm I'm 14 and 17. I don't... Uh, 14 and 18. Qualify. You're disqualified. I yeah. disqualified. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, bro. Um, but I'm I can't ready. believe I missed the opportunity to say, oh, Omaha, that's somewhere in middle America. <sighs> <laughs> Omaha, no, nope. somewhere in middle. You, no, you both give me blank stares. Like I have know. no idea what's happening right now. It's not just us; it's all the listeners that are going. I don't wait know a second, what Danielle. You do not know what I'm doing. Like what that is? No, is it a song? I'm confused. It's a very famous song by the it's Counting Crows called Omaha, like the '70s and '80s. Where no, I'm guessing it's from the '90s, which is the same as the That's '70s right. and '80s. We were as far in the '90s. Here. I lived in South Dakota. To be fair. Yeah. I can, uh, you're blowing my mind. Okay. Also, also I wanted to, young. I wanted to add value in this way too. Now that I'm old and my kids are gone, I do a lot of crosswords on the, my phone and ego, ego is a very, very common word. Mm-hmm. I'm learning a lot about ego because I'm getting clues to remind me. That and it's, it's, to the, to the listener on the airplane, filling yeah. out the crossword. Thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so, hold on. Let's go back to my question. I just wanted to participate somehow. I can't believe you guys have never heard of Omaha. <laughs> Back to my question of how, how people can work with you and what does it normally look like? Like, do you have a time frame? Do you oh, have right, a contract? Right. What is That's... that like? Yes. So the main way that I work with families now is to be able to comprehensively approach all the aspects that I said that need to be addressed. So the way I've created that transformation is over a four month period. I call it sanity and solutions and it covers the five S's. So it's sanity, your solutions and strategies, getting on the same page Um, having secure relationships and having the support and accountability you need. 
So I can find that. Um, that's a that's a sixth S, which is steal. Stealing that. Yeah. Uh, Zach loves alliteration. He he loves like all the S words. So I'm sure you're down with that. And those are solid S words. I don't feel like yeah, you right just on. threw them in just for the five S's. Like they're legit. They are legit. Yes. So we have eight Zoom sessions. It's sanity, solutions and strategies, uh, getting on the same page, having secure relationships and support and accountability. So it's eight Zoom sessions that are an hour each spread out about two weeks in between them. And then we have a shared app to talk back and forth in between sessions. And then we have a resource library of um, some more handouts and printables and um, extra videos on topical things like picky eating and all that stuff as well. So it's one big package deal, um, but that's going to take you from working on improving your child's behavior and getting having a lot more patience, being able to get on the same page and writing a family business plan, which is that whole kind of process of conversational exercises that start with those end goals and then identify your core values and your family's identity and how you spend your time and money, write a family mission statement, and then just really figure out how to implement that on I a daily basis. so sold right now. I am not <laughs> even joking. I think you are brilliant. And I'm like, when is the book coming out? Um, oh, no book yet. No book yet. I think no. there's a book and it's going to have five S's. I've already decided the chapters. A beginning. I need more Instagram followers, don't I? Yeah, you do. <laughs> you do. That's right. That's how it happens. Oh, okay, so... Uh, one more time. How do you, how do we find you on Instagram? Oh yeah. Yeah. So Instagram is at parent underscore wholeheartedly or um, on like the link in my bio, you can find the link to, you know, schedule a free call or find out more about coaching um, on my website, or I have a masterclass recorded as well that you can just download and watch um, on demand as well. Wait. So all those links are in my Instagram bio. Hey, oh, okay. So do you want people going to your website? Do you want them going, what's your website? My website is parentingwholeheartedly.com. Okay. Without the underscore. No underscore on the website. Maybe that's why I'm thinking Brene Brown is she's big on wholehearted stuff. Yes. Yes. Which I love. Yeah. Yes. Wow. Okay. This has been super fun. Um, Listeners, if you dug this conversation, one, let us know. You can email us um, just so we know kind of like what's hitting the mark for you. Or you can find us on Instagram and send us a message. I cannot believe we're on Instagram, Zach. This is driving me bonkers. Um, but also, you know, if you are looking looking for some support, Danielle, you're amazing. I do want to ask you. I know, are there some resources, either like a book um, that you do say, like, hey, this is good. If you're not ready for coaching at the moment, this might be a fun resource for you. What are your favorite resources? Yeah, some of my favorite parenting books are um, "How to Talk So Little Kids Will Listen." Mm, okay. Mm. And that that's like the second edition of how to talk. So kids will listen and listen. So kids will talk okay. um, really short chapters, lots of practical, like just try this in the moment type of um, advice. Really good. So um, if you have like ADD or you're kind of a scanner, it's a good book for you. It is a good book. Yes. It has even yeah. little pictures too. <laughs> he, was asking, little drawings. he was asking on my behalf because I'm a scanner and apparently he's diagnosed me with ADD. I don't know about that. <laughs> well, I think like half the people on TikTok have ADHD at this point. That's not me. Um, <laughs> but then No Bad Kids is another great one by Janet Lansbury. And that's if you are going from infants to toddlers and thinking like, what is happening, um, trying to figure out the terrible twos and what you do with the the big emotions. Um, that's a really good one for the perspective of what is healthy and what is what you want to hold space for. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Dr. Shafali is, of course, fantastic with 
Conscious Parenting and The Awakened Family is her book about really being able to pick apart what is what's going on that's your kid's issue and what's going on that's your issue based on kind of how you were raised and what's what's left over there and it's mostly that. I'm a little embarrassed <laughs> to say I've never heard of Dr. Shivali, but I am going oh. to Google that. Google her. Yeah. All right. She's got several books. She's great. Awesome. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for being a part of Marriage of Radio. This is a blast. And I know that our listeners are going to find value in this. And in the outro, we will, of course, mention all of this again to you so you can find Danielle. Thank you. Yay. Absolutely. This is fun. Yeah. Um, so that would be... Are you going to say the thing? Oh, um, hey, let's land this plane. <laughs> That's what we always say, Danielle, when we're when we're done. Laura says, hey, let's land this plane. Let's land this plane. So that's the official ending. Okay. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Marriage Therapy Radio. Um, uh, that was super fun for me. I just absolutely adore everything that Danielle's doing. And I feel like we just scratched the surface. Super in love with her five S's, as I'm sure Zach was too. Um, something that I didn't mention is if it sounded like she had a lot of information, she was really comfortable doing the podcast. It's because she has her own podcast. So her podcast is Failing Motherhood. You can find it wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, obviously, you can find her on Instagram. Check her out. Hire her as your personal coach from anywhere in the world. A huge thing. Thank you to Danielle for joining us today. And thank you to all of you listeners for your time and attention, making your relationship better today than it was yesterday. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.